Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Adjacent. You're listening to the Sports Adjacent. Okay, I like that. I just learned something new today. Adjacent. With Jason Leisure and Russell Dorsey on the House of L Network. We're doing everything I dreamed of as an adjacent. Oh, got the wine going today. Yeah, sports adjacent after dark. I I was thinking like I should pour myself like a nice glass of whiskey, but I whiskey. I'm, look, go and get you some little. I'm little I'm, afra- I'm afraid. I'm afraid of uh, <laughs> like I'm too sleepy as it is, and that will just take me down faster. Dude, this is sports adjacent after dark. Like, yeah, I don't know what Tony's uh beverage of choice is. I. Tony doesn't drink, right? It's so, orange pop. It's probably orange oh, pop. What? You kidding me? The, the greatest of all beers. Root. Okay. All right. All right. That's the, that's the corniest church joke I've ever heard. <laughs> right. Like, <laughs> come on, Tony. Get some classy at least. So proud of it. Get you a classy non-alcoholic beverage. You know, right? um, Russ, I drink, I mainly, I drink a lot of iced green tea. Right. And if you can picture what that looks like, in a clear Starbucks cup, I almost always will get that on my way to a game and, or get two even and, and drink one on the drive in and one, take one into the stadium with me. And, and pretty much every stadium I've ever been to lets me bring that in. No problem. If you're there working, they let you bring food right. in or whatever. I'm like that. I'm like that with iced coffees. There you go. So you know exactly what I'm talking about. And so then actually, you know how Matt, you can identify with how furious I was. Uh, a couple of years ago, covering a Bears game in Detroit, they was the only place I can think of that hasn't let me bring something like that in. They confiscated it. Coffee? They me, uh, I, an iced tea. Or an your iced, iced tea? tea? That's, yeah. that's terrible. They made me throw it in the trash. And I argued this because I always do uh, whenever there's a, an issue. And, and every other time I've argued this with the security guard, I've always they've always relented. And they've been like, all right, if you're here working, then it's probably fine. But this guy was like, after I told him, dude, every – Football and basketball stadium in the league, in the country, lets you bring something like this in if you're here working. And he goes, well, this is Detroit. It makes me throw it out. <laughs> like, all right, well, good for you that this is Detroit. But uh, but what I was going to tell you is if you could picture what that what green tea would look like in a in a clear cup, I get asked like one out of every five times if it's beer. By somebody. Somebody will ask me if it's beer. In, like, in a Starbucks cup? Yes. At work in the morning uh, with a straw and uh, and with ice because, you know, that's how I like my beer. That's, straw and ice. That's it. That's idiot. Like some of some, I, I promise I've gotten into more fights with security guards this year than I care to admit. Mm-hmm. And some of it is just like I don't like logically make sense of what you're saying to me right now, because some of it is just like just. You're, you're doing things and you're making rules that shouldn't apply be, for various reasons and that just purely don't make sense. Mm, and like yeah. all it takes is think for like 30 seconds and you'll understand how <laughs> what you're saying is dumb. Now, that so. being said, that being said, a lot of times they're not allowed to think. 
They're not. They're just given orders before a game. You got to do this, this, and this. There, a lot of times, it's people that are not uh, working the same spot every single time. If you get to a bigger event, it's even more chaotic, where they've got to follow these rules they've been given rigidly. It's it's a lot of times not their fault. I I see. I, I try to think of that most of the time when uh, because like I have the moment in my head where I'm just like, all right, how angry do I want to get today? And I say, all right, look, is this important enough for me to get mad about? Most of the time it is. Uh, and so then <laughs> and so then I'm just like, all right, I understand. And I'll tell the person, I'm like, look, I know you don't make these rules, but I want to let you know why these are dumb. And you can tell your superior. Right. And if you guys want to, I say this all the time, I'm like, look, I know you got to do yours. I got to do mine too. Now, if y'all want to throw me out, you can throw me out. But it's going to be a long day if this happens. Right. And you, and and you might end up on CNN. Correct. So usually it's it's worked out. Now there's one time where I got like kind of like harassed by a security guard earlier this year at a baseball stadium. At it was a it was at a uh, the Cubs complex. Sexually harassed? No, no, Tony. Tony. Really sure. No, Tony. Just okay, I'm uh, sure he would have said it's, it's okay for for males to speak out on the like, Tony. Thank you. Oh. I was getting harassed by a security guard, and uh, the Cubs fired the dude. Really? And like they apologized. Like I had the president of operations like apologize to me in person. And, um, yeah, I didn't like make a big deal about it and like not a lot of people knew but it's just like it happens and sometimes like you can't let uh sometimes you got to have that put your foot down on things so i've been known to do that a time or two but i prefer i honestly prefer like not to get an altercation like that it's just sometimes people be trying me and so then i have to to go into that but it's another story for another day welcome to sports adjacent late night edition uh i am russ dorsey my esteemed co-host, partner in crime in Sports Adjacent LLC, Jason Leisure. And as always, Anthony Gill. Yeah, let's do it. He's waving a red T-shirt around for some reason. You ever heard the, uh, the P.D. Pablo song? No, but again, I'll remind you, nobody can see you right now. This is a podcast. If it's a clip that we post on social media, then they'll see it. We can post this clip. Uh, as always, Sports Adjacent is sponsored by Obvious Shirts. And as you can see, if you're looking at the clip, I'm wearing the Everything's Fine shirt from our yeah. collection. The shirts went out super comfortable, very clean. Uh, I'm really excited. People seem to be excited. I had uh, a friend of mine wore his I Know Russ Dorsey shirt. I was considering wearing my Everybody Loves Tony Gill shirt today, but chose to Opt for the everything's fine. People really seem to enjoy that. Uh, my, boss Tony got, my boss got his Everybody Loves Tony Gill's shirt. Okay, great. So I still have Did he use the promo code? He did use the promo code at Jason 10. Jason 10 got himself 10% off. Mm-hmm. You can shop for other stuff. Like go there for the Sports Adjacent collection. Yes. But while you're there, stay there for the rest pick of the Pick up a White Sox shirt or a Bear yeah. shirt. They've got. I feel like this is a good time, Russ, to talk about the White Sox shirts that they have there. I feel like this seems very appropriate. One that they have that just says it's a black shirt with white print that just says, thanks for Aloy. 
I mean, look, <laughs> that, that man, that's a bad man. And, after he uh, fun after guy. he went there Sunday and cleared out their stadium <laughs> like like he had like like a hot fart, pretty much. My man place that place, that place emptied man. out, man. Big stick right now. And he always brings it out, especially for the Cubs. It's like a like, yeah, jab. It's a good it's a good rivalry, Aloy versus the Cubs. And he he is doing the damn thing. He homered twice when they played the Cubs the other day. And uh, yeah, there's Aloy shirts over there. You got Tim Anderson shirts over there. You got Cubs shirts over there. There's now the Cubs Forever collection, I believe it's called. Uh, it might be called the Sadness Collection. I'm not sure. Whatever, but you know, if you're, if you're a Cubs fan and you're feeling sad, like you know, feel sad. Go ahead. The reminisce, the reminisce section. Yeah, the reminisce collection. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Sports adjacent. Uh, promo code adjacent ten get ten percent off free shipping over there. Uh, I'm excited for sports adjacent after dark because yeah, you know, usually we get kind of wild and crazy when the sun's out, but like the sun's now <laughs> it's almost uh, by the time we're done with this, it's going to be after midnight and I got the wine out. Yeah. So I don't know what's going to happen today. I think you got a lot of pent up energy because of what happened yeah. today. You went to work and were there for what, like six hours. And then it turned out there was no work. Yes. Uh, got to the park around three o'clock and honestly, like every it's everybody in the world knew it was going to rain today and that there was basically no window and there were tornado warnings and stuff in the area all afternoon. Tornadoes touching down in the Chicagoland yep. area. And uh, they decided, you know what? No, let's not bang this game right now. Let's let everybody, including fans, sit in here and wait and wait and wait until nine o'clock when we will call the game. And so. I that I'm pretty sure that's an MLB thing, but uh, yeah, just just uh, just dumb. Like, come on, man, it's annoying. I ended up in I ended up in lockdown because of the weather at Walmart. They held you in in Walmart until the yes has never happened to me before. And my wife, I grew up here. My wife did not, and my wife called me today, and it's the first time it's come up since we moved here a few years ago. And wanted to know, like, well, what do we do if there's tornado warning and things like that? And I was like, I've been hearing this all my life. Right. It's almost like a myth to me. I know that they happen. I do know that. I, it's like a myth. I don't I, I'm not a you, uh, tornado. You, you truth the, way you, the way you made it come no. out. <laughs> what I'm saying is tornadoes it feels, aren't real, Jason. Right. <laughs> but, it, but it has <laughs> always been tornado man over here. <laughs> what, a, what a weird stance that would be to take. <laughs> tornadoes uh, aren't real. That's G, that was, but, but I think I think you know what I'm saying because it always it feels like that. You always hear about tornadoes. Yes. I've never seen a tornado. No one that I know has ever had a tornado take out their house or anything. But growing up here in Illinois, you grow up hearing about tornadoes all the time. You do tornado drills in school. Mm -hmm. It's not like in, when I lived in Miami or when I lived in New Orleans, where a hurricane's coming for days in advance and it is coming. It's going to be there, and you and whether it hits you or whether it hits a hundred miles up the coast that thing's coming and you'll know it. You won't at the end be like, Hey, did a hurricane hit or not? Like today I'm like, was there a tornado or was there not? But I had gone to Walmart, which uh, is not my favorite thing to do. And I am not usually trusted with that responsibility anyway. Walmart is lit. On this show. But I, what was that? Walmart is lit. I love okay. Walmart. All right. Well, you might've liked to be in stuck there. Like I was today, by the way, Walmart in Florida doesn't work. 
it's so it's so it's like two different stores to me. You go to a Walmart in Florida and it's like it's it's almost like going to Goodwill. Like you can't find anything. It's all disorganized. And then it takes an hour to check out Walmart anywhere in the country, anywhere else in the country, including here. You just go in and get what you need and leave like a normal store. It, it's very helpful. It's a nice change. But I was about 20 feet from the exit, Russ. I always do the self-checkout. Right. I got no interest in, I, I can do this faster. No offense to the professional baggers, but I scanning, can do it faster. Scanning your uh, TV as bananas so you can get a 60-inch TV for about $3. <laughs> got it. Uh, I, had, I had completed checkout and was about 20 feet from the door when they shut down Walmart and everybody had to go to the back of the store, mm. which I've never seen that happen before. I didn't know that was something they would do. And so I, I was so normally I will try to like talk my way out of a situation like this because I don't, I don't want to sit around for 45 minutes at Walmart. Mm-hmm. Um, even if there's a, a tornado on the other side of that door, I'm, I, I'd like to just leave and mm-hmm. figure it out myself. I saw Twister. I think I know what to do. Um, but I was so thrown off by it that I just followed directions. <laughs> I, I was like, what is this? They're shutting down Walmart. They're waving me off. And the, and the employees that were doing it, were doing it very adamantly. So I just kind of fell in line and went to the back of the store and we all just hung out there for about 45 minutes and there, there's babies crying and screaming. There's old people that need a chair. It, it was uh, it was a rough 45 minutes. You know, it's funny about you telling a story that's actually happened to me before. But instead of Walmart, it was Target. And I was with my dad and my brother about yeah, 15 years or so ago now. I was, I was like really young. Were you scared? No, like it, tornadoes happen. And I, I'd never had that happen where I was in a store or a school, though, and we had to do that. Yeah, it, living, I, I wasn't scared, but I was thrown off by it. Living in uh, Oklahoma, which is like Tornado oh, Valley. Right. Yeah, it, you you see tornadoes like like you see the funnel clouds moving and it's like that's scary. Like for me, I'm, just like, <laughs> I'm not from here. Like, right. And right. so people there are just like they're sitting on their porches and they're like watching and like they think it's the coolest thing in the world. And, and then you got me from here and it's just like, what are y'all doing? Get to shelter like immediately. And yeah, it, it's a different place, but no, it, it's happened a couple of times, but definitely yeah, one in the store like you where I had to go to the back and it was like kind of where you have to wait there for 30, 45 minutes. Yeah. Fun fact. I, I'm, what? Uh, fun fact. You never want to be in a Walmart and or Target during a zombie apocalypse. Worst places to go. Why would that be so bad compared to anywhere else? Uh, because they're going to be attracted to all the lights and the sounds and the sensory things. So you want to get as far away from malls, Walmarts, Targets, all that stuff. Okay. Just just to be safe. We were uh, talking about tornadoes, but thank you for the input, Tony. It is helpful. Hey, that's just good advice right there, Ross. Write that down. I mean, it was it was advice. I did start, though, like, you know, you don't have that much else to do. I guess you could sit there on your phone. But uh, I started I made a friend. I started talking with this guy next to me because he about 20 minutes in was like, hey, we should go grab a beer. Like, you know, not like out of Walmart, like just go to the beer, go section. To the beer section and grab right. one. <laughs> right. And I and I and we just started basically like kind of, you know, play and make believe that we were going to be stuck in this Walmart for three days and all the fun we were going to have. And I was thinking it would be fun. It would be, it would be fun to be in a Walmart if they said you're going to be in here for three days, but you have, you can use anything in the store. 
Like you can't take it with you or anything, but like you got three days of just like if if you and me and Tony could sign up for that, that'd be fun. I think we would have a lot of. They fun. got everything. Mm-hmm. We'd be Tony be in the back setting stuff on fire with the blowtorches <laughs> and stuff. <laughs> I'd be riding around on a bike, uh, forty miles an hour around the store yeah. racing. Yeah, that would that actually. I think we'd have a great time. To, like a, yeah, we find be, a weekend, a Friday, yeah. Saturday, Sunday. We go crazy in Walmart. It'd be cool until the food rations get low, and then you gotta, you gotta Tony, get the weapons. Tony, you know how, how much food's in a Walmart? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, you, you, about? you get trapped in there with a bunch of people. Everybody's like, "Oh, everything's fine." Nope. No, everything would have been fine. There was probably fifty of. It. I'm not good at this. It was either fifty or seven thousand people. I'm not sure, but <laughs> if it was fifty, we would have been fine. Walmart's huge. They got, they got like, I feel like we're doing a, uh, an ad read for Walmart here, but they've got beds, they got basketball hoops, they got food, water. Like we would have been fine in there for three days if we had to be. I was almost sad when the, uh, when the lockdown ended and I had to go home. So it's, it's NBA free agency. We're actually on the tail end of NBA free agency. Like if you get signed now, you're on a either a league minimum deal or like a one-year yeah, deal. Yeah, like that sounds the, more about you than it does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All the big money is gone. Like, if you was looking yeah. for a multi-year deal, buddy, sorry. you better. Alex Caruso team. signed like a week ago, Russ. Yeah, listen. Yeah. That's my man's, and I'm glad the Bulls got him. Uh, but the one of the things I want to talk about today is a legend at the bank. Oh. One, one center, Cristiano Felicio. Yeah, who played uh, many of you out there if you're not in Chicago and if you're not don't follow the Bulls uh, is a guy who I think he's, he's in his mid 20s, but he looks like he's 10 years old. He has a baby face, right? He's round the baby yeah. face to Brazilian, right? Uh, Cristiano Felicio had one season where he looked like a promising big man for the Bulls, a rim roller, just pick and roll, throw it up there, throw a lob, he dunk it, right? The Bulls gave him $32 million over four years after like 40 games of rim rolling, just throwing up lobs at the rim and letting this dude dunk. Four years, $32 million. He might be one of the worst basketball players I've ever seen in my life. And I'd say that yes. with all due respect, because if you're in the NBA, there's clearly something you do well and you do it right. better than some of the other people in the world. But he might be one of the worst basketball players I have ever seen in my life. And I think Tony, who covers the NBA, would agree with me, Tony. Yeah, man, I never understood the Cristiano Felicio thing. You guys I, aren't even saying his name right. What? That's not how you say it? Feliciano. That's not his name. It's Cristiano Felicio. Oh, Felicio. I'm sorry. You're right. I'm saying his name wrong. <laughs> I'm, I'm saying his name wrong. See, show how much you watch the bull. Feliciano. I read it. I blended it. I read it wrong. Yes, Felicio. Tony, you were going, uh, you were going, giving your, uh, right. Why that oh, was bad. Before a completely uh, unnecessary and inaccurate <laughs> correction. Yep. Yeah. Right. Uh, Cristiano is, I mean, he was a team player. He was a nice guy. Like, I don't have a disparaging <laughs> word to I say. Mean, better have been. What else did he bring to the table? Uh, I mean, about him as a person. Um, he was always great in the locker room. You know, you can just say, hey, what's up, Cristiano? How you doing? And he'd just be all, like, joyous. And from his standpoint, 
I'd be happy too. Like they gave me $32 million. I'm they gave good. him $32 million. And you know, this is why he like, he will forever be a legend at the bank. Cristiano Felicio made $32 million over the last four years with the bulls, right? This free agency cycle, Alex Caruso, who just signed with the bulls four years, $37 million. So he, he, he got $5 million more than Cristiano Felicio. Alex Crusoe, really good basketball player, right? Cristiano Felicio, as we've talked about, eh, not, not as much, not, not quite so much, right? Will Barton re-signed with the Nuggets, two years, $32 million, right? Mm-hmm. That's the same amount that Cristiano Felicio got. Bobby Portis, who might have been one of the most valuable role players for the Milwaukee Bucks on their way to a title, only got $9 million this season. Mm-hmm. So Cristiano Felicio got more money than Taylor Horton Tucker, Kelly Oubre, Zach Collins, Reggie Jackson, and Kendrick Nunn this free agency cycle. Ladies and gentlemen, present the newest member into the legends of the bank, Cristiano Felicio. Yeah, this is where Tony puts in the uh, applause and post <laughs> because that brother, good for Cristiano, man, because I, I you, Tony – is the one guy that will give Gar a uh, Gar and or uh, Gar Foreman some credit for scouting talent, but Tony, your boy, I don't know what he was thinking when they were doing that. They yeah, just had money I, to give away. Like I think everybody, everybody on the beat is just confused by that. It's so confusing they don't even question it or talk about it much. Just like, well, that's you know Cristiano. Like it, it's like and from my experience, and obviously I haven't. You guys have been a part of more team beats than me but the bulls one is pretty aggressive um and pretty pretty good at getting what they need out of uh the people involved mm-hmm. the christian thing was just so mind-boggling that just nobody ever really questioned it and nobody had an answer right they're like well you know <laughs> Dude, well you know it's hilarious <laughs> we're doing your 32 million dollars too i believe he's out of the league now by the way uh, they renounced his rights today but that brother has 32 million dollars in a bank mm-hmm. like i just named there's one two three four five six there's eight dudes on this list that yeah. are really good basketball players that he got more money than he started 20 games in six seasons for them he always looked out of shape to me i saw uh before I actually started covering the Bulls, I saw uh, Cristiano at a hotel during Christmas time or so. Um, and he noticed, like, my sister and my brother, my younger brother, like, hey, I think he plays for the Bulls. I'm like, oh, that's Cristiano Felicio. So, like, he's walking past us, and he noticed that we noticed him. He was like, hey, guys, he, you know, you want an autograph? And I'm like, eh, we're good. <laughs> the, that you man. take a courtesy autograph? <laughs> Averaged uh, 4.3 points a game for his career and made $32 million. That's a dream, right? Good for him. Like, That's God bless. Yeah. The, the yeah, season, good, good for him, but not good for the Bulls. The season they gave him that, that deal, he averaged 4.8 points a game. Well, that's how you earn it, Russ. I guess, man. I put me I mean, Cristiano. From, from you guys' account, I'm averaging like 4.8 points a game, but I'm still getting paid. Don't play because I will. We can cut that money off at any time. <laughs> Cristiano, they were kind of locked into that deal. <laughs> we can cut the checks off at any time. You're gonna renounce my rights? We will definitely renounce your rights. 
there's a lot of producers out here looking for work. Trust. Yeah. Next thing you know, you'll be you'll be producing a show in Lithuania. <laughs> Cristiano Felicio, that was an exciting era. That was like uh, that was like the everything's fine era of the Bulls, where they just kept telling you everything was good for six seasons when it definitely was not. What we're doing this now? Yeah, no. Now it's time for a Chicago Bears segment we call This is fine. I'm okay with the events that are unfolding currently. Everything's fine. That's okay. Things are going to be okay. Russell, you familiar with the Chicago Bears? Yeah. Uh, everything is not fine with the Bears. And not fine with between me and the Bears, quite honestly, right now. I'm, I'm oh. a little upset. I feel, I feel like they're stealing our bit here. I feel like Matt Nagy stole our everything's fine bit the other day when he was talking about the fact that his entire offensive line has already fallen apart. He's dead. In all, They're in all, all everybody died. Uh, en- enough of them are uh, not, they're not with us at the moment. Practice. Yeah. No longer with us in the sense of practicing uh, that they didn't have enough to, they didn't have enough offensive linemen to have uh, a first team and a second team. And to have uh, five on five matched up with each other to do individual drills at the end. So Matt Nagy addressing this about a month before the season opener says the following. As we go through the next several weeks and get into the preseason, Coach Cully in Houston, he's talking about uh, David Cully, a guy he used to coach with back in the day. When he was a wide receiver coach and I was coming up through the ranks, he used to always tell me this in training camp. And it's the one rule that I always still live by. And this, Russ, is probably the part where you think Matt Nagy's about to say something very profound. Instead, he says, he used to say, it'll all play itself out. Yeah, it means everything's fine. It's the same as everything's yeah, fine. That, it's, the, it's the synonym yeah. of everything's fine. Yeah, if the Bears start printing up T-shirts that say, uh, it'll all play itself out, I think we got a lawsuit. Well, we, can we sue? I, th- I think we've got a case. I'm down to sue. That's I know clear, the, that's clear. Bears got deep pockets, so yeah, we get some of that Cristiano Felicio money. What do you th- What do you think about what the Bulls did in free agency? I know you're very excited about Alex Caruso, and we'll just we we'll just can we set my, him aside and guy. talk about some we of can the set other him players. aside. I got you, right? Yeah, you certainly have a type, by the way. <laughs> oh, oh, wait a minute, wait a minute, hold on. Hold on. <laughs> Me, Alex Caruso. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. They they trade for Lonzo Ball. Right. They they trade for DeMar DeRozan. Wait, I want to say this. That was one of your funnier jokes. I don't know if it's because this is a... Thanks. That was was funny. Continue. Uh, So now now here's what they're running out there. Lonzo Ball, Zach Levine, DeMar DeRozan, Patrick Williams... Nikola Vucevic, I can't pronounce that name. Tell me, how do you pronounce Vucevic. it? Vucevic. Vucevic, thank you. And uh, and Alex Caruso off the bench. And I would say, by and large, everybody's very excited about this. So I think everybody is going to be disappointed when I tell you that this is a six seed. I said it, and Bulls fans, like, thought I hated Chicago and all things fun. Like, mm-hmm. I, I, they're, they're a five at their maybe ceiling their five seed. Yeah, and that's how good Atlanta is. You know, they could be as low as eight. Shoot, they can miss, miss the playoffs. Like, who knows? Like, they're in that mix with – I put them in that mix with Boston, the Hawks, Toronto, and the Heat, right? They're all going to be fighting for five through eight. 
Heat, heat are better than the Bulls. Yeah, I think the Heat are clearly better than them. See, but, but I tried to say it, and the Bulls are right. I hated right. Chicago. I'm torn. They thought I punched Benny the Bull in the face. Like that, okay, you, you would have thought that's what happened. Okay, but I, you and I agree about this and feel like it's kind of impatient and it's kind of like a thing the Knicks would do. But also, I understand where those people are coming from because it's been six years of absolute garbage. I mean, the last good Bulls team was Tibbs last year, which wasn't even good because everybody knew the thing was, was plummeting to the end at the time. He was a lame duck coach. They, they got whipped by Cleveland in the second round. Like that wasn't even that good. It's been a long time. And since then it's been six years of even worse, just absolute disaster, unwatchable. Fred Hoiberg comes in with running gun and they bring it, they give him Dwayne Wade, who is a great player. was a great player, but not a running gun kind of player. And, and Rondo. Yes, right. Yeah. And then and then Gar and Pack said they wanted to get younger and more athletic and became like one of the oldest rosters yes, in the right. NBA. Right. They found two guys that were almost I thought at their last stop, Rondo's still going. Uh but so I, I understand where they're coming from in that I'll watch this. The last six years be have, been, have been unwatchable. Mm-hmm. I'll tune in and see what's going on with this. And I I will enjoy. Now that we're here, now this is what we're doing. I will enjoy them fighting for the fifth or sixth seed mm-hmm. and, you know, having a, a fiercely contested first round exit. And I will take that over what we've had before, but it feels like, it feels like a dead end. It feels Correct. like this, mm-hmm. this puts you in maybe the sixth seed, maybe the fifth seed, but it's, it's not going anywhere. This was, this, I'm going to say what my issue was. And then I'll say one of the reasons that this could work in the future one of the reasons this bothers me is because the goal should always be to win a title. And it felt like their goal with these moves was to make it to the playoffs and be a second round exit, right? That's their ceiling with this roster as currently assembled. Mm -hmm. I am I'm happy for Zach because for the first time he's going to be with other players that were brought in to like win games. And I think that's important. And he played a really big role on team USA winning the gold medal. Like I think that's important. But I, I think that they're not better than the Brooklyn Nets. They're not better than Milwaukee, right? So it's just like – Or Philly. They're not better than Philly. I don't think Philly's that good anyways. But you can make that argument. I agree with you. I think the one w- reason that this might help them going forward is for the first time in a long time, they got free agents to sign with the Bulls. Well, that's true. I, I think that's significant. And if these guys feel like they had at least a decent time in Chicago – with DeMar DeRozan coming in, with Lonzo coming in, you got Vooch um, and Zach, I, I think. And who, you you know, look, tampering always happens at the Olympics, right? That's where guys decide they want to team up. So who knows? That's where championships are born, right? Look, like who knows who Zach talked to there? And like, who's to say in a couple of years, you don't lure a top 10 player in the game to the Bulls because they saw that the Bulls were trying and were competitive and that player could say, all right, maybe I'm the last piece that they need to put them over the top and take them from a five seed to a two seed or a one seed. So I think that's what Arturis Karnaschovas and Mark Everly, I think that's the plan that they're hoping for because they've traded all their assets. So like, they, and, they they may, have, and they may get some taken away. Right. For this tampering, <laughs> uh, like they couldn't wait 30 seconds. Yeah, man. Uh, <laughs> That's just no matter who's only the bull. Tony, this is where you play only the bull. 
<laughs> you know, it, it happened to Miami too. You know, they're they're gonna, but they don't care about any. They will literally give you anything if they presume it's an all star. But again, you you just don't want to be the team that gets caught. Like everybody does it. Like I don't know whose fault it is. You know, if somebody like you just got to move better. You got to move better. You or yeah, you got. I mean, if, that's, that's if the thing that. It's and if not it's the, the cheating, it's the getting yeah. caught. I mean, yeah. everybody does this, but how, how can you get caught for this? Yeah, it's just – and I spent the last week because, again, like you, Russ, just fighting with Bulls yeah. fans. I'm like, we want the same thing here. Why are we fighting? But – Like, want, want something more. Like, where are we at as a city where it's just like, I just want to be competitive. Like, no. That's, <laughs> yeah. That's, and that's all oh, markets oh my want. Like, yeah. and Russ, have you, watched the last, have you watched the last 40 years of the Bears? Yeah, oh, that's yeah. another story for another day. But it's yeah. like nine, 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 and, nine, and seven, nine and seven and a uh, first round loss in the playoffs. You throw a parade for that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's. And I'm like thinking maybe do you guys think that there's been kind of like a we, we're all from the Chicagoland area from Chicago rooted for those teams growing up. And obviously in our roles now, we can't be cheerleading for the team. Obviously, the, the better our teams that we cover do it's better for the business. So we're not actively rooting for them to lose, but looking at it at every team from a larger point of view and a grand scheme point of view, it's different from watching it as a fan where you're just going from the next feel good. And I get it. And I like, well, Jason, I hundred percent get it that, it's been awful for the last six years. You just want to root for something. You just want to watch something. But these have been like be, 25 win teams lately. Agree. I mean, absolute embarrassment. The mindset, like where did the where did the fans of, of those Jordan teams go? Where it was some pride about what was building here and some pride about no, a second round exit is not acceptable here. This is a basketball town, and we've reduced ourselves to we just want to make the playoffs no expect more from these organizations that you root for expect more don't this is how they get you they say look we made to the playoff we we have a playoff team here but there's an obvious ceiling to this team that is not going to win a championship so if every move you make is not geared toward how do we get this organization as best as possible for a consistent run to a title for multiple seasons then what are we doing here? What are we What are we actually rooting for here? And that, that's why I'm more disappointed by in the last week that in my discussions with fans is expect more out of these teams, not just the 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 play the quick playoff run. Yeah, you ask where that's gone, and it's been beaten out of them. It's been beaten beaten out of these fans for 25 years of just some of the they've had horrible teams. Other than the Tibbs years, they've had some really really bad teams and right now it's been six years of it and so I, I can see both sides where it's like at least this is watchable again but I completely agree with you Russ that and what Tony said as well this everything should be about trying to win a championship no matter how long it takes no matter how hard it is every move should be going down that path not a dead end like this and I think a big part of it is also accountability right like if this was the first, this I think this past season the past two seasons well, two seasons ago, because you didn't have fans where Bulls fans stopped going to the United Center. Mm-hmm. And that's what catches 
ownership's attention. Like when you not when you're selling out the United Center for 20 years in a row, why would I change anything? Like we're bad. I know you're gonna come. So why would I spend money on free agents? And why would I put hold the uh, Garpack's feet to the fire? Like we're selling out. We making this money. We lead the NBA in attendance every year since the Jordan days. Like right. what's the rush? But it's holding fans holding teams accountable. Um, and when you don't hold teams accountable they can do things like oh, look be happy we're competitive right like no you should want more than that you should strive for more than that as a fan base as you should want more than that from the teams that you cheer for and until that happens like w- what happened with bulls fans and i give bulls fans credit like they stopped going to the united center mm-hmm. like the, they were putting out bad product bad teams and the bulls fans said no we're not gonna keep supporting you and look what happened two years later once you had fans back once you had uh, money to spend. It's like, all right, we can't keep doing it the way we've been doing it. So I'll give them credit for that. Tony Russ makes a good point about that. They got free agents. It's nice to see them be able to target a guy and get a guy. Even if you're sitting there saying this just isn't it, this isn't enough. Well, what was the last good bulls free agent or the last big semi event? Was it Carlos Boozer 10 years uh, ago? It was like the last time they kind of, kind of got in the mix. Yeah, pal. Pal, pal. Like made, pal made like two all-star teams. Yeah. What do you th- what do you think was different now, Tony? Why do you think that they're able to get Lonzo Ball and DeMar DeRozan? Um I think well, one, if you're willing to spend money, guys would be like, who's spending money? <laughs> you know, like the money right. comes first. That's Tony, so, that's how you got this job. <laughs> so if somebody's dangling 485 and you know, four over 37, you know, in, in your face, it's like Chicago's nice. I can I can see what that's about. Um, but I think just their willingness to here's here's what uh my overall thought has been with AK and uh, Mark Eversley is we've gotten so used to the patterns of Gar Foreman and John Paxson that we gotta learn these new people and how they move. And so far, they have been super hyper aggressive and their their strategy seems to be like see a need and fill a need. Oh, we need more toughness. Go get, you know, Vucevic or Daniel Tice. Oh, we need more passing in a point guard. Go, and it's not even like they're not even hiding it. What they what they need and what they want. All right, at at, uh, at the trade deadline last year, we want Lonzo Ball. Well, we have to get Lonzo Ball. The deal didn't work out during the season. Let's go get him in the offseason and boom, they make it happen. Obviously illegally, but they made it happen. Um, we need more playmaking off the bench. Go get Alex Caruso. So they've been aggressive with seeing what fans see and like, oh, no, the Bulls need this. They're missing this. And they've been aggressively attacking those issues. Um, And I think guys who – like DeMar DeRozan, like they're not attracting big time, you know, free agents. Like from what I was reading about DeMar DeRozan, he was going to get a mid-level exception, you know, somewhere to play for a contender. And now he's, you know, still in the making a lot of money mode yeah, when he, he chose wasn't the money. Right. He chose the money. But I don't know how many teams were willing to pay him that much, honestly, to be 100 percent real. Um, but, yeah, I mean, team players like when they see organizations willing to spend money um, aggressively. And if you're not the Knicks. You know, you yeah. know, where it has hindered them, like the Bulls obviously has gone on in a extreme regime change. And I think guys are willing to give people chances once you put out that you're spending. I think that and you make good points there, Tony. I think another big thing is like and you talk about it at the end of your point. I think the 
impact that Gar Foreman and John Paxson had on that organization cannot be understated at all. And I think the fact that those guys are no longer there and players around the league have seen, okay, Zach seems comfortable in Chicago now. They got Billy Donovan, who's an accomplished coach, who's had success, who's developed talent. And now you have a, a, a executive structure that is fluid with the rest of the NBA. I think that's going to bring guys and make guys feel more comfortable with signing with the Bulls. And, and I think, you know, for years it was, you know, guys don't want to sign in Chicago because, you know, people don't like Gar and Pax. And I, I think players talk. It happens all the time. So I, I think yeah, that's yeah. A, an important part of, of this whole process. Well, guard packs and Jim Boylan for a couple of those years. It sounds like what you're complimenting them for, Russ, is just being a normal team. Yes. Just thank, thank God the Bulls are finally just a Competent. normal, a normal team. competence. Not even a great team. No. Not even like, you know, Pat Riley putting together, you know, doing magician work. Just, the the team just, just normal. Just just thank you. Thank you so much for finally being normal. Yeah. You know what? I mean, I want to look. I like bashing those dudes because they deserved it towards the end. But in the beginning, they turned that team around and they were decent for, they for blamed, a little bit. I can't get, I, 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 for, for, I, agree. I mean, I think Russ, before you get to that point, and I, cause I know what point you're going to get to, <laughs> I think we can do both. I think we can acknowledge that they like at the end of Jerry Krause's tenure, the bulls are awful. Yeah. And John Paxson turned that roster around, flipped it, and they made the playoffs yeah. with a young team. And then they kept getting better incrementally. And then it, obviously crescendo that Derek, but then after that, it just kind of, you know, it, the game passed them by, in my opinion, the game right. passed them by. They were like five years, seven years past when they, their usefulness and they just kind of held on. And you, you're correct, Tony. And my point I'm going to make, they blamed like seven years of being bad on Derek's knee. Mm-hmm. And it was just like, yo, once Derek blows his knee out, you have to, that's your, it's your job. To fix that and be like, "Lo, we gotta find the next best thing. Like, we have to find our next playmate. We have to find our next leading scorer." And they kind of just like, "Uh, well, Derek tore up his knee, and so we couldn't do anything." And mm-hmm. I think that's where the whole thing went the tank. Mm-hmm. No pun intended. <laughs> we have a new yeah. segment on the show this week, and uh, I'm not sure if. Anyone is really ready for this. I, 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 and by everyone, I mean, Tony, I don't know if Tony is ready to do this, even though I asked him about it a week ago, uh, as you way. saw with the very professional Tony, did you, uh, did you blow this off? And are you going to blame this on some death in the family, it, real or fictitious? Uh, yeah. As you guys know, my aunt died. Um, <laughs> it's been a real, <laughs> No, I shouldn't laugh. Um, that's terrible. But that, Tony's using this now, a hundred percent. If if he says it one more time, one more episode, we're gonna get a T-shirt printed up that says, it. <laughs> "This is um, terrible." And you know that's that, you know getting over death is, is the thing, guys. So um, that's what we're doing at the moment. But okay. you know, Jason came to me with uh, segment. Um, I am fifty percent prepared and fifty percent not. So All right. So we'll find out what that means. Well, well uh, everybody that. I know who has now been introduced to Tony Gill through this podcast. And some of those people actually know him from Lawrence's radio show when he was the producer there, but they, they all are kind of amazed by what goes on inside Tony's mind. And so I, I thought, uh, I thought we should take a trip there 
And I don't think we could spend a day in the mind of Tony Gill, but I think we could spend like about three or four minutes there and still be out and still, you know, come out safely. So let's go inside the mind of Tony Gill. Now it's time to enter the mind of Tony Gill. I'm a bit more complicated than that. The inner machinations of my mind are an enigma. Russ, you're you're a runner. I am. As am I. We talk about that a lot, but also so is Tony. And I thought I I would be fascinated to know what goes through the mind of Tony Gill when he's out for a run. So guys, um, as you know, my my you know beautiful mind, as some would say, um, has some in you know some out there thoughts. I, I will admit, but you know some of them are needed, are needed. So when I run, which you know I hate to run, I just hate running. It's the bane of my existence. But I have to do it, you know, so I can be fit and able body as Russell. Um, when that time comes, when the schmoozing happens with the ladies, I can't just be, you know, oh, just out right. of shape. So, how often do you run, Tony? <laughs> so, when I run, uh, how, how, I have how often to... do you run and how far? Okay, so I run about three miles. Okay, uh, I try and do three, uh, and I have to get my mind in the right mode to run so I make sure that I get the workout that I need. Okay. Right. So a couple things that I think of when I run. Number one, someone is about to murder me. <laughs> the only way that I can make sure I get to the right speed. Um, thinking about someone chasing me with a machete or a gun really gets me into that frame of mind of you got to run for your life. You have to run for your life. That sounds horrible. How long can you keep that up? Um, you'll be surprised how long you can keep that mindset up if you really put your mind to it. Um, that usually gets me through like the first mile. Okay, all right. So the first mile is somebody chasing you with a machete. Yes. Russ, do you think about this kind of stuff when you run? Absolutely not. I don't. I don't know where this thing's going. Uh. <laughs> so what gets all right, me? Go ahead. Go ahead, Tony. <laughs> the second mile, um, I think of ice cream because I love ice cream. It's my favorite dessert. And I just imagine myself chasing the ice cream truck because I love ice cream. It's again, nothing beats a nice ice cream cone on a hot summer day. So the second mile is definitely thinking about chasing the ice cream truck. Now, what gets me through the third mile is a bit of an ego trip. So I like to run. I don't like to run on side streets or like inside my neighborhood. I like to run on main streets. And I do that because of the third mile. And the third mile, obviously for any runner or the last mile or whatever you do, it's usually the hardest. So what gets me through the third mile is all the cars on the main street that's driving past me. I come up with the, something in my mind where they're all talking crap about me. That oh. every single car rolling past is saying, you're a punk, you're not gonna be able to do this. You're a bleep, bleep, whatever, you know. You're not gonna be able to, you know, finish this mile, you jerk. Like you're imagining them yelling it out their window at you? Yeah, like you, you, okay. don't, you, don't, you don't supposed to be here. 
Okay. You can't finish this third mile. So I'm like, you know what? I can. And I will finish this last mile. Because I'm supposed to do this. And then that's how I get to my my final my final run. You're, you're doing that to prove these cars wrong or you're like yeah. trying to chase them down to No, no, I gotta prove them wrong. To show them these hands. I got I gotta prove them wrong. I gotta prove them wrong. I, I, I use that I use that in sports. I will make up something that nobody has ever said to me or done to me and just use that. So that's what I do with the, the final mile of my run and that's the mind of Tony Gill when I run. Okay. Let's come up from come up for air from that for a minute after our trip inside the mind of Tony Gill. I think that 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 can be useful useful advice for people that listen to the show that run. Russ, you adopting any of that? Why did you come up with the segment again? <laughs> Tony Russ texted me an idea for a segment that he said was something about you and him living together. And that's all I know. I don't know if this was a weird dream that you had Russ or (laughs) possibly an idea that that might, that might happen. I don't mean like that. No, it's cool. No, no, no. And not not, not, not that there's anything wrong with that, but that's not where I was going with it. No, you have, you never had a weird dream where it's like you go into your kitchen. You haven't dreamed about us living domestically together. I have not, Tony. I have not. What did that? What did that mean? What were you? But thinking who knows? Here? Maybe tonight's the night. <laughs> I, this is this is. Tony might need a place to stay, as we've as we've talked about. And and that's one of the reasons, like it works out that we want. I wanted to talk about this. So you guys going to be like stepbrothers? So I live in a two bedroom, a nice two bedroom apartment. Jason, you've okay. seen my place, like you know, spacious, thousand square yes. feet, new, well appointed. You know. And so apparently I found out that the person across the hall from me is moving out. Right. Ah, Okay. And so there's a two bedroom apartment across the hall from me. I know young Mr. Anthony Gill Mm -hmm. has been thinking about moving. Mm -hmm. So when I was talking to the property manager of my, of my apartment this week, who's a listener of our podcast and a fan of Tony's, she said, do you know anybody that would be looking for an apartment soon. Then she says, is Tony looking for an apartment? To which I said, I would hate to live across from Anthony Gill. But it made me laugh because I'm like, what? it made me think, what if I did live across the hall from Tony? And what would that be like? Because part of me thinks it would be amazing, but part of me thinks it would be awful. I, I the first thing I picture is he'd be knocking on your door every so often, asking to borrow something really obscure, yeah. or, or, or something that he needs. But if you let him borrow it, then you'd be up a creek. Like I can see him coming over and being like, "Hey, Russ, the batteries died in the remote for my TV, and I don't have any batteries. Can I get your batteries from your remote?" <laughs> and I just Not like, realizing that then you wouldn't have a remote, right? I'd be like, Tony, I, I have batteries if you need them. Or, uh, I mean, I could certainly see myself going, hey, man, can I get, uh, you know, a paper towel? And you're like, oh, yeah, I got a roll of paper towels. No, no, no. I just need one. A single piece of paper towel. I'm like, Tony, get out of my apartment. (laughs) (laughs) But no, like she she said it and I got mad because I'm just like, why are people talking to me about Tony? 
And then I'm just like, what would it be like to live across the hall from Tony? My my main concern is that Tony would come on here and be like, you, Russ has some nice slap. <laughs> and then all my business beyond on the street, which he already tries, he already tries to do it now. And we don't live in the same apartment complex. Right. So I can only imagine if we live across the hall from each other. I mean, you've spilled enough. Make it easier for one person than own. What was that? I said it'll make it easier for uh, for one person uh, if I was still out in the streets. Tony, Tony, <laughs> I'm not I'm not doing this with you today. I have no idea what you're talking about. Well, I do, and I'm, all I'm saying is it's I'm a not recall to away. it's a recall to a previous episode. Okay, same DM episode. Okay, okay. Right. that was 16. Um, that's a deep cut. Deep, yeah, it's a deep album cut. <laughs> so listen, all I know is it's very, it's a very reasonably priced apartment for what you're gonna get, Tony. So if you're thinking about moving, mm-hmm. the the apartment across the hall is gonna be open soon, and I'd much rather have you live there than a, a weirdo that I don't know. I know you're a weirdo, but I know you, and you're my friend as a weirdo. Mm-hmm. I don't know all these other people out here. You know, that what I'm might be worse. I, I mean, Tony, because he knows you is going to, I think, take some liberties and be he's going to be knocking on your door all the time. I picture Tony knocking on your door. You answer it kind of half awake, half asleep. You're like, Tony, what's up, man? And, and he walks in and sits on the couch and says, oh, nothing. No, nah, I don't play that. <laughs> I'll, I'll be bruh man from Martin. Right. And just to walk in, I walk into my place after a, a game that ends midnight. I walk in and Tony's sitting on the couch, feet on the table, watching TV in my robe. And I'm like, Tony, if you don't get out of my apartment. So I picture was- Tony giving you a key to his apartment, like just in case, you know, how sometimes you got to give a friend or a neighbor or somebody a key. So they, if you ever need help, get locked out. Help. Right. Exactly. I picture Tony like, trying to initiate a key exchange by giving you a key to his place, but then the, the key never comes the other way. Now there would not be a key going the other Russ, way. did you forget? Did <laughs> no, you not gone no, to Home not. Depot yet? Nope. <laughs> nope. Just decided not to give you one. I think it'd be fun. It'd be a funny TV show. I was picturing you guys living together and thinking that would be funny. Absolutely. As roommates. I, don't I was, have I was roommate. thinking it'd be funny. I haven't had you guys, you guys as, as far as I understand it, you guys didn't, you guys knew of each other, but we're not really friends per se before we started doing this or didn't know each other too well before we started we, doing this we became friends we got cool at the end of 2019 mm-hmm. and then like the pandemic happened okay yeah yeah uh i was out covering baseball which is god help you guys that cover baseball oh especially wow. now he especially two months of covering uh what russ calls financial flexibility yeah, batting cleanup, <laughs> financial yeah. flexibility. God yeah. bless you guys, because oh man, but yeah, that's why I was like, hey, it's another black over here. There's not many of us in, in this room. <laughs> I should probably say what's up. One of three, you, <laughs> me, and our our guy Gene from It's the Big. Shout out to Gene. Yeah, Gene. <laughs> yeah, that was about it. Yeah, I was like, I know Gene. Right? Yeah, I, I, I Who other, the other black, right? <laughs> Yes. So no, I I wouldn't be roommates with Tony. I think that would be an awful idea. And I would kill Tony. Oh yeah. 
Mm-hmm. I wasn't yeah. saying it'd be a good idea for you. I was saying it would be entertaining. But I think us living across the hall would be hella fun. Yeah. yeah Frustrating at times, yeah. but that would be fun. I mean, like, I mean, Russ has so many visitors. And it's like, dude, I, I just want to sleep. Wait a minute. All right, hold on. Hold on. I just want to go to sleep. Hold on, like, hold on now. Hold on now. Stop it. Don't do that. Don't, don't do that. Look <laughs> at these texts that, uh, that ask you if you can close your door a little more quietly. Tony, like, <laughs> listen, my mom, my mom listens to this podcast. You got to relax. Um, no, I don't. I don't. Tony, there, there's like, you, there's two bedrooms. So like, it's not like everything has a, it's not a joined wall everywhere in the apartment. Hmm. Well, I just, I just don't, I, I just didn't want to hear frequent, you know. Tony, stop. Well, Russ said it's across the hall. <laughs> right. Yeah. Also, there's only. You can control yourself, Russ. You can't control everybody else. Shut up, Tony. This is, no, listen, this is the best part about this apartment complex is I, currently I'm the only person that lives in the bill that she's when that person moves out, like I'll be the only person that lives in the building. Like it's the, the building where the leasing offices. And yeah. so the, I'm on the top floor, Jason Cena. And then it's the person across the hall. Those are the only two tenants. We're the only two tenants in the building. So it's, it's dope. It's quiet, private. You got your own thing. You and your girl can kick it and not worry about like loud noise or anything like that. No loud noises. There you go. Tone. It's it's only 30 minutes, 30, 35 minutes from the city. Mm-hmm. It's 25 minutes from where your parents live. Mm-hmm. I like I it's a really good neighborhood. There's hella stuff around here. You can do your favorite hobby, which is keep track of Russ. Yeah. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> that is his favorite hobby, though. <laughs> Tony's gonna set up like a uh, like at the doctor, they have the visitor sign-in sheet. On a yeah, clip. Like, all right. If oh, you're Tony's going to like nail that up in front of your door. Yeah. If you're here to see Russ, this is where you sign. <laughs> <laughs> and when you left. Right. You know, I, think, I think, well, one, I think, I think, I think I do is because I think Russ is cool. Like, I think Russ, like, he's the cool young baseball writer guy who is yeah. living it up. That's nice. Not in a committed relationship right now. So he's just living life right now. So he's, he, he would be the person I'll be closest into living like. If I wasn't, if I, like, oh, okay. Put this back in there because I, I meant to say this. I meant to say this during the segment. So like, I wish me and Tony were cool when he was like not with his girl because we would have torn it up in the city of Chicago. Like the streets would, the streets wouldn't have been safe. And if anything happens with him and his girl, the streets might not be safe. (laughs) But I'm not. I wish y'all the best. I wish y'all the best in (laughs) y'all. It's like when you start a sentence with all due respect and you almost <laughs> uh, hella disrespect? disrespectful after that. No, nah, yeah, I yeah. wish Tony and his girl the best. Like, boy, if Tony wasn't in this stupid, uh, I don't know, what would you call it? Happiest relationship of his life. <laughs> I, love, all this I know. I know. Like, he loves, I like, know. Uh, you know, he loves her. All the best, Tony. All the best to you. I think this is a good bonus segment, which we're going to put in. So, Tony, have you said you love her yet? Oh, yeah, definitely. And she, she said it in return. Yes, it took it, it. It was longer for her than it was for me. Like after the third date, I was sold. After the third date, you were just like, "Yo, I love you, shorty," and she was just like, "Oh, word, all right, cool." <laughs> that is exactly how it happened for me and my wife. Really? No. Oh. <laughs> I was so like into it, like really. <laughs> this man, Tony's like, yes, it's not just me. 
Yeah. No, I meant those exact words. Uh, I, I feel like as, as soon as things do get really serious, that's the end of Tony being allowed to be on this podcast. Nah, he's going to be like, nah, we making money over here. Yeah. yeah, this is help paying the bills. Come on, baby. Honestly. <laughs> no, she's going to Yoko Ono this thing in a hurry. <laughs> she wouldn't do that. I think she, she wouldn't have gotten a relationship with Tony if she didn't understand what this man's personality you know what? was. Like, that's, that's a huge reason why, like, I enjoy being with her because I went into this relationship. I'm like, look, I'm tired of holding back what Tony is in front of people. I'm putting it all out on the table. Which relationship are you talking about with your girlfriend or this show? Yes. Yes. That's exactly the point. Yeah. Trying to get people to fool Tony. If you don't, if you don't accept me for me and who I am, all of it, then it's probably wasn't going to work out anyway. And she's been riding out with all the things. So. Let's just go ahead and do it, man. Yeah. Let's go ahead. And do it. <laughs> I'll let Tony start with dingers because he seems excited to talk about that. Tony just likes to keep saying dingers. He does. Yeah, that's what say it, Tony. Oh, my name is Anthony Gill, and I hit dingers. <laughs> <laughs> that's all I wanted to do. Like, I, I, I wanted to play baseball, but it got crushed out of me so fast in high school. I was like, well, that, that, there go my dreams. That sucks because you guys have a, like a really nice field over there. Yeah, like, I played on it before. It's a nice field. They're like, well, you. I, I was essentially gonna be uh, Billy Hamilton before ah. he played for the White Sox, and I'm like, no, Hamilton could not hit. All right, I, I just want to hit dingers. That's all I want to do. I don't <laughs> care where, how many strikes. I don't care about ethics or baseball rules. I just want to hit. <laughs> I don't care about ethics. How to hit dingers? Got you. The reason we've been hearing Tony say dinger over and over and over is because of the story with Lewis Brinson of the Marlins, where he was playing in Colorado. And how did exactly did they did this uh, allegation come to light? I, it sounded like maybe it was caught on the broadcast because Lewis Brinson didn't seem to know about it. Yeah, so um, they have it on the broadcast. Uh, they only show Lewis Brinson, obviously, at the at the plate. And the pitch goes, and all you hear is Inger, Inger. Right. And at the at the time, you think it's being yelled at the N-word. At Brinson. Who's at Brinson. And it's so loud, it, it can get heard on the camera. It's like, whoa, what just happened? Yeah. Like, what just happened? And no, nobody reacts to it or you know, anything happens, but obviously it goes viral. Lewis Brinson didn't react, I don't think. He didn't. But, it's, I mean, it's the middle of his at-bat, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But, yes, I, I agree. Uh, so, it goes crazy viral on Twitter, and everybody's reacting to it. Like, how's this guy allowed to stay? And, you know, even I definitely reacted to it. I was like, look, if you're with... out a statement. Yeah, and they were looking into it. To their credit, the Rockies, they put out a statement. Like, hey, we're going to investigate the situation. Um, and that was... It, it, that was good to see, that... These things were taken seriously by the organization, by uh, Major League Baseball to get rid of, you know, racism around their sport and around sports in general. So uh, they did their investigation and uh, they came to the conclusion with evidence that he wasn't saying the N-word. He was saying Dinger, uh, which is the Rockies mascot, which is awfully close to it. 
and I think now they're probably thinking about it. I'm like, is this too close? Maybe so change I, the name of the mascot. Yeah. Right. Maybe we should change the name just be, just so this doesn't happen again. Um, but it was found out that the fan did not say the N word. He did say Dinger. Um, and boy, 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 did the uh, we gotcha people came out. Yeah, the racist was out today. Like the, the crazy part is, like they ended up saying that that's not what was said. Even though you listen to the video, even after that, it still sounds pretty close. But Lewis Princeton said Lewis Princeton said that he must have watched it fifty times, and he said at the end of that, he still he hears the n word. That's what I then I I said I'm open entire day. He mm-hmm. said he said I accept the possibility that he didn't, and that maybe I'm not hearing it right. But that's how I'm hearing it after listening to it that many times and knowing he's at the center of this national controversy. He's saying by by his ear, that's what it sounds like. I agree. I agree with him. And and it was just like, but even after all that, it brought out racist people. Oh, yeah. Like they was out on the timeline today trying to kill me, kill Tony. And like, you know how me and Tony get down like we that ain't going to phase us. But yeah, it was it's just like you were waiting for this moment. Like. Yeah, see, everything's not racist, Tony. Like, I saw some stuff like that today and, like, people telling me I don't know how to do my job because I called out what I felt was something racist. And God forbid. (laughs) They wanted an apology so bad. And I'm like, why? "For, For what? For who? Like, and I had to, like, remind people on social media that, like, a lot of this stuff has gone unsaid and unchallenged for. Oh yeah, Tony. I mean, like centuries. Mm-hmm. One one thing that was not the immediate reaction to this story coming out was, oh, that would never happen. Right. <laughs> yeah. That's why. And then that's the other. But it's like I've heard the N word more times this year at, in my direction by people who consider themselves baseball fans. So, I mean, I and baseball players I talk about it all the time how they hear outlandish stuff like that at ballparks. So yeah, I was like, look, look, if you on this feed, any presumed racism will be get called out. We'll be getting called out. Like enough, it is. And then if it turns out to be not, great. Don't say it. Like for future reference, don't say it. Just to be just to make sure. And like, I'm not gonna apologize for challenging what seems to be racism. And if it's not racism, great. I don't know why there needs to be an apology. Everybody should be happy that there was a Presumably no racism in this specific case, but to act like this in this instant is the norm that the stuff that happens in Boston on a regular, on a, on a semi-regular basis doesn't happen. Like that's crazy to me. And like people, they were just like, and it was only a couple people. I'm not going to say like the world was crashing down, but it was just a loud minority of people who just needed this. And it was so weird. It's like, this is, you're weird, bro. Like, what? why do you need this in your life so bad? And then he went to, well, I, I want to see the same energy for, you know, cops getting killed. I was like, ah, and there it is. There you are. You are shown your true colors. It has nothing, nothing to do with what's going on in this Lewis Brinson thing. But you right. found a way. Right. You found a way to do it. So it was just weird all day today. So, the, the, I mean, I'm glad. Here's what I'm glad about. I'm glad the Rockies took this seriously. I'm glad MLB took this seriously. Um, and I'm glad everybody else is, is made aware and their senses are hiding on these things. So we can keep these things at bay. 
I think I think what made the the entire day worse was that reporter Andrew Marshan, sports me uh sports media reporter in New York for the New York Post, yeah. um tweeted out a story today that Major League Baseball and Barstool Sports were in significant talks for a broadcasting deal. And I think for a league that is striving, say they're striving to be better as far as people of color go, as far as women go, there's not a more tone deaf move than to partner with a brand that historically has a long history of both racism and misogyny, right? Oh, not just the history of it. It's like, that's their, that's their that's the brand. That's the playbook. That's the brand. And baseball, when it comes, uh, we want to be, we will not stand for racial inequality and racial injustice, but let's partner up with these dudes that do stand for that. And their fan base does too. Like the, and then I, I posted a picture of like uh, a um, of Willow Smith that I when the things that are like disappointing and I posted that and a uh, a fan of that brand tweeted me. First thing I got that said cry, bitch. <laughs> and I all I did was quote tweet and said, this is exactly the response I expect from somebody. I, who's Twitter's not a place you go to make friends, I don't think. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's usually 50-50 with that. Usually today it was a lot of people selling he's telling me things like that. But my DMs were crazy. Like I just feel like baseball, there's not a more disheartening thing than to see the league that has in the same year has had issues with sexual harassment, whether it's the Jared Porter situation, whether it's Mickey Calloway, whether it's Trevor Bauer, and then to partner with Barstool that have had a lot of issues when it's come to women, sexual harassment online, cyberbullying, et cetera. I just think it's one of those situations where it's like all money ain't good money. And you can say all you want about, you know, this is one of the biggest brands in America, whether it's podcasting or whatever, like, for a sport, and I kept saying all day, oh, baseball's a dying sport. They need fans, like, and Barstool has one of the biggest fans. Nah, dude, like, you're going to alienate major parts of your already existing fan base to satisfy this. No, that's it's just, just bad. And no, like, I can think of 10 other ways that you could uh, expand yourself. And, and if it, if you wanted to partner with, you wanted to partner with, you know, and, and make a broadcast about sports betting, does DraftKings not exist? Does FanDuel not exist? Like, there's a lot of places you can go before you get there. Yeah. And I just, I, there's this, who's in the room at the, at, in the commissioner's office that continues to make decisions like this? Because it seems like every week there's something where it's just like, what is baseball doing? And it's, it's just sad to see. Um, I 100% agree with everything you said. But there's a but coming here. It's, the only but is financial. And like, I think the, when you're dictated and moved by money, you're going to move by money. So if they deem that this move is going to give them more, re- more relevance uh, and more money, 
that's what they're led by. So that's what they're going to do. Like, I wasn't surprised by that move. It seemed to honestly, a hundred just to be a hundred percent real. It's to be expected from baseball. That's, that's their move. They can put on airs. I mean, the white Sox are doing hashtag change the game, you know, and stuff like that. But the more things change, the more things stay the same. And that's what this kind of felt like with this move. Um, but I mean, it's from a media standpoint, and it's kind of like, I don't mean to compare the two, but I kind of have to. We didn't know that the audience of ignorance was that strong and that willing to be loud about their ignorance mm-hmm. until the last, you know, five years. Um, and we and it's a lot more of them than we expected. And they are active on every platform. They will spend money on every platform that they agree with. And baseball knows that. So baseball is like, look, us appealing. This is what it feels like us appealing to where the world is going and the world, the way the world is changing. It's cool for PR. Is it bringing in the money though? Is it bringing in the attention that we, that we need? And they're, they're probably talking amongst themselves and like, this barstool stuff though goes crazy with the numbers. If we partner up with them, we can do numbers. It's for me, it's only like one, it goes back to all money and good money. Two, Agreed. they've already shown you they'd be talking out the side of their mouth if that's what they're thinking. Because they moved the all-star game out of Atlanta mm-hmm. to Colorado to Denver because of legislation in Atlanta, in Georgia, right? right? And I, I think you can say with pre, a lot of conviction that a lot of people who support what Barstool supports, support those leg, that legislation in Georgia, right? Mm-hmm. But so you can't make that significant move to move your all-star game. That's a big deal in baseball. Then to come back and say, ah, but we kind of rock with, it's ha- it's happened before though. Large entities have played both sides. Nike, they were the official sponsor of the NFL. They didn't pull their pro- uh, sponsorship. You know what they did? Hey, Cap, let's put out some merch. Like entities have done, played both sides. It's not like this weird thing. If you are a money making machine, you're going to find a way to continue to make money. It's nasty. and it sucks. It's sad. It's sad. But it's also the reality of the world. And why does it, Russ, why does it bother you so much with baseball? When he's when he points out Nike as an example, why why does it, why is it so? It seems like it hurts you when baseball is doing it. I know where baseball is in terms of fan base. I get it. Like I I look at my email every day and my DMs and all that. So I know where baseball is, and it's there. I think. You, it's a slap in the face to the players of color that you have, the women that you have, the people that you say you want to, you know, reach out to and, and, and get those people to not only stay fans, but people of those different demographics to become fans. And I think you're saying, if you, if you make this move, you're saying, uh, we don't really care. We don't care. 
We don't all that stuff. We talk about racial inequality. We had the players come out last year during the pro, uh, protest and hold hands and hug and all that. We don't really care. We don't. And like making this move is you coming out and saying we don't care. And that's really sad. Am I surprised? No, but it's sad to see. Because you come out so loud. Oh, my God, we care about racial uh, equality. We care about racial injustices for all people, our black players, you get all that stuff. And then you make this move and join forces with an organization that clearly doesn't believe that. And, you know, so that's so that's why I'm I'm disappointed, not surprised, but it's just really disappointing to see it. Rush, do you want to hear what we missed? <laughs> we covered a lot today, so I'm there's not much. No, yeah. there's not much. We Let's got to it. just about everything, but there are a few things we did not get to. <laughs> okay. Yes. I'm assuming they're animal related. Well, we'll see. It's unpredictable. What happens is we pay this news service. They give us this list of news, and I read you the news. And if there so happens to be an interesting story about a uh, man getting his arm clawed by a jaguar at the zoo, then so be it. That's a tease because that is on the list of news today. Uh, last last week, we checked okay. in with the uh, NFL anti-vaxxers, and uh, Tony did a beautiful reading of Cole Beasley's heavy ones. The the fine folks on Twitter really enjoyed the yes. Tony's reading of that. <laughs> and uh, we, we talked about the Vikings in particular, and anti-vaxxer Kirk Cousins is still anti-the-vax. Yo, uh, that was a that was a what you're about to say. I I just like go, just go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Well, I I don't know if there's anything more idiotic. Well, obviously being anti-vaxxer is being idiotic, but the what Tony he what Kirk Cousins do is doing to bend over backwards, turning himself into a pretzel to not be vaccinated. Right. This man said he would sit surrounded by plexiglass. To keep himself from getting the virus and then said he's going to do everything in his power besides getting the vaccine to make sure that he doesn't get COVID-19. You know what? Um, I'm going to say something here. I'm going to do it. Tony. I'm going to do it. Is this the elevator music part? I'm going to do it. Well, you guys can figure out for yourself. I'm going to do it, though. <laughs> Clear out, this is like Russell Westbrook. Clear out. Chalk it up to the game. So you, you guys can decide if that deserves a uh, elevator music or not. I just had to say it. I had to get it out there. I feel bad for anyone in that position. I, I see the point you're making that this is avoidable. And, it, and But I feel like there are a lot of people that are being fooled by things that they're hearing from the media or, for, or from Facebook or whatever else, wherever, wherever they're having these conversations I understand what you're saying about this seems pretty obvious and clear and you can walk in. People will come to your house to give you this vaccine uh, rather than building a cage of plexiglass like Kirk Cousins wants to do, um, which I guess he's just going to wear 24 seven. But I still, I still feel bad. Anybody that gets ravaged by this thing because uh, 
Yeah, I, I would I would rather see him make a better choice and avoid it. <laughs> Did you just burp in response to that? That was Tony that burped. Um, I, you guys said everything that needed to be said. I'm good. You're amused, Russ, by all the lengths that Kirk Cousins is going to avoid being vaccinated. I'm amazed by all the lengths the Vikings are going to for Kirk Cousins. <laughs> it's Kirk Cousins, man. Yeah. I, I do all this stuff for Brady, but Kirk Cousins needs to go to Home Depot and buy his own plexiglass. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Who's the backup? Uh, Kellen Mond. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, that's exactly. Interesting. exactly. Exactly. That's interesting. He was on my list if the Bears didn't get it like Justin Fields. So somebody's uh, gonna poke, somebody poke holes in the plexiglass. <laughs> Cough in the in the hole of the plexiglass. <laughs> <laughs> get Kellen in there. Yeah. Oh, the visual on that. Whoa. Paul. More anti-vaxxer news. Bryson DeChambeau, the golfer. Uh, mainly famous, I think, for fighting with Brooks Kopka. Correct. Said, uh, said last week that he's young and healthy enough to fight COVID on his own and doesn't want to take doses away from the people who really need it. A true hero who doesn't understand at all that we just threw away 80,000 doses of this in Arkansas a week ago because nobody wants this vaccine anymore, it doesn't seem. There's plenty for uh, him and his mom and his dad to all get one. Uh, but anyway, when that surprisingly uh, uninformed take blew up in his face. He decided that he was going to solve the problem by no longer talking to the media, which probably will actually solve the problem. Mark Jackson, when asked, is is he going to get the vaccine? He said, we'll see. Mark Jackson on ABC. Lamar Jackson. Oh, Lamar Jackson. COVID survivor twice over now. <laughs> and said he had a pretty rough go of it the first time, at least. I, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm getting to the point where I'm not arguing adults who should know better. Uh, down in Miami, Xavier Howard, the cornerback, demanded a trade because he. I, was th- I think it's, I think it's just Xavier, by the way. I thought it was Xavier. Not Xavier, Xavier Howard. But go ahead, continue. I should know because I covered him, but I can't remember now. Sorry to cast doubt in your mind. Now I'm not sure. <laughs> well, he did get Cristiano Felicio wrong. So he I'm did. Pretty- and then he got Nikola Vucevic wrong too. So I didn't get that one wrong. I just aborted mid sentence. <laughs> you, need, you need to work on your international names. Yes. And domestic because Xavier Howard is from here. <laughs> he go he goes by X. So I thought it was X Xavier. I covered him as rookie season, I think it was. Mm-hmm. And he did not hardly talk at all but he has you see guys do that though guys come into their own david montgomery of the bears for example barely talked when you would talk when you would interview him as a rookie and now is one of the best talkers on the team after three years guys sometimes just need a little time to get comfortable and get used to that and maybe get to know some of the people that are covering them yeah he's got uh they grow into their heavy ones all right all right Anyway, he demanded a trade, and then they were able to come back from the brink, and he got the money that he wanted, and he's going to stay. And he's believed to be the first player ever to get a deal like that, to get a reworked contract in his favor with four years left on a deal. And I don't think you ever see 
a trade demand. You don't, you don't ever see a trade demand and then the two sides are able to work it back from there. That almost never, once you get to trade demand, you've crossed a, an uncrossable line and that always ends with the guy out the door. It seems like. I mean, I, I think that's one, a guy not really want to leave and be like, yo, I just, just pay me what I'm worth. I want to stay here. I like what y'all building. Let's just work it out. And fortunately for him, like the two sides are ready to work it out. So good for Xavier Howard. He is the best corner in the league. And he, <laughs> he, and he made, had the leverage. I mean, he made the side swipe of I'm the second highest paid corner on this team. Yes, like right. just essentially trashing this right. in order right to get his money. Teammate, yes. Got so, his money though. Yeah, got his money. But you said there hasn't been a a, a player asking that demanded a trade and it stayed with and he stayed with the team. Deshaun Watson. <laughs> right. Well, yes. I'll uh just let you, you know. Look, type that into Wikipedia to find out why that's not going anywhere. There was talk, Russ, last week that uh, there was some. I, I, when I say talk, I don't know how serious this was. But there were at least some strong rumors that maybe Philly was going to get in the game for Deshaun Watson, and then hadn't happened. Yeah, apparently that got shot down by like uh, Pro Football. Did talk. it? Yeah, but uh, I don't know how he he's playing football. Nobody seems to have an answer to that question. Well, he can only ride this out there, I feel like. Yeah, I don't know. How do you explain this in any other city? I mean, Houston, you can say, hey, due process, due process, and let him play out the string of this season on an irrelevant team and maybe hope a year from now people stop paying attention. But I don't know what your strategy could be in the other 30 cities. That's the first question you you guys are asking if he got traded to the Bears. Oh, that's that's the first 20 questions. That's the only thing. And that's how it should be. Will you continue to behave like Mr. (laughs) Are you currently looking for a masseuse right now? God, I don't want to laugh at that. Russ, you headed to Florida this week? I am. Down to your your former neck of the woods, Miami. Yeah, I love Miami. Wonderful place. Uh, I feel like I should prepare you with a little bit of the recent news in Florida. None of this is COVID related. That's well documented. Everybody knows about their situation down there. But a, uh, a man in Key West was arrested after fighting with his friend and over the course of that fight, bit off part of his ear. I think we lost Russ. <laughs> oh, there he is. No, I heard the whole thing. I That's how the they thing. fight in Florida, just so you know. They show hands and they show teeth. Uh, also in Florida, this was in Port Charlotte. This is over on the Gulf Coast, so you don't have to worry as much about this, but this kind of thing can happen anywhere in Florida. Got it. They, a woman was arrested for skinny dipping in someone else's pool. I'd say there's worse crimes. There were things. There were things. Yes, I agree. And finally, Russ, this is a combination of animal news and Florida news, which is just perfect on the Venn diagram. That's exactly what you want. You got a it. 23 year old man got what was coming to him after taunting a Jaguar, ironically, at the Jacksonville Zoo. Now, this is four or five hours north of where you're going to be, so you're, you're safe from this. But he reached his arm into the cage of the jaguar, and uh, you'll never guess what happened next. The jaguar clawed all over his arm, and he left a big trail of blood as they took him to the hospital. That's, uh, that's usually I'm, what happens. I'm all here for animal justice. 
<laughs> oh yeah, good for the Jaguar. Yeah, excellent for the Jaguar. Yeah, there's a good quote in here. The uh, the, the uh, deputy zoo director Dan Maloney says the Jaguar involved in the attack is quote perfectly fine. <laughs> Tony, tell us what. Uh, uh, let's let's go to a reading segment here, and I want you to just read a little bit of the Jacksonville Times Times Union's coverage of this Jaguar attack. And now. Tony Gill reads. Uh, yes, guys. Thanks a lot for having me back. Tony Gill with glasses, as you can see here, who loves to read. Here we go. From the Jacksonville Times Union. It appears from witness accounts that he was looking to interact with the Jaguar closer than he should have. Zoo marketing director Kelly Ruliart said, that's not a wise or prudent decision. So when you do that, there are certainly potential consequences. It is fortunate that he did not sustain more injuries. The man told police he dropped his cell phone in the enclosure and was trying to retrieve it, according to the sheriff's office incident report that was released Tuesday. He said the Jaguar seemed cool, but a zoo employee's video shows the man waving his right hand to get the animal's attention. Now, I know this is going to sound redundant, but he messed with the wrong Jaguar specifically in this case. Not that there is a right Jaguar to mess with, but this specific Jaguar had five months earlier killed another Jaguar. All right. Mm. <laughs> okay. Mm. Uh, this uh, this particular Jaguar hands. doesn't play. Oh, that Jaguar. I want to I wanna hear the interview with the Jaguar. Like, can we do that? <laughs> <laughs> I want to see what this present. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, I'd like to read what was how this was covered in the uh, the Jaguar newspaper because in the human newspaper it says Jaguar attacks man, and in the uh, Jaguar newspaper it says local Jaguar has a fun afternoon. (laughs) (laughs) On on that note, we want to thank everybody for listening to Sports Jason this week. Um, We talked about a lot today. This is gonna be a longer one of our longer episodes, but I think it was valuable. And I think everybody as always would have had a good time with it Uh, for Russ Dorsey. Oh, before I do our closing, go on. If wherever you find um, your podcasts, Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, etc., go on, listen, give us five stars, tell your friends, leave a review. Um, As always, obviousshirts.com. Yeah. Promo code adjacent10, 10% off free shipping. Our collections over there, as you can see, everything's fine. Shirts, all sizes available. Um, for Russ Dorsey, Jason Leisure, Tony Gill on the boards. We will see you guys next week. Thanks for listening to Sports Adjacent with Jason Leisure and Russell Dorsey. Be sure to download, subscribe, and give the podcast five stars. You can check out the latest episode of Sports Adjacent on all digital streaming platforms. I'm very much adjacent. For a couple hours, I thought I was hood. But then all that happened, I was like, you know what, James? You adjacent to the mother. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.